Blake to inbound. The Blazers have a 20-second timeout. Nate McMillan deciding whether to use it. Blake now throws to Roy. Brandon, a three-pointer out front. Hit it! Yes, he did! Oh, yeah! Batum throws to Lillard. A three for the game. Hey, hey, welcome into another edition of Blazers Edge Radio right here on X-Ray FM. I am your host, Ryan Buchanan. We've got Stephen Glickman behind the scenes, working hard, running the boards, doing a fine job as always. we got my good friend and co-host, Mr. Sam Arnold. Uh, Sam, we were off last week, and while we were away, all hell broke loose with our Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> uh yeah. That escalated quickly, as they say. Um, in case you have been living under a rock, uh, 10 days ago, and I hate to be the one to, to break this news to you if you have been, 10 days ago, Damian Lillard requested a trade from the Blazers, uh, seemingly marking the end to his 11 year tenure with the franchise. And Sam, things have gotten a bit testy now as we're in this. Bit of a standoff between Dame's camp and the Blazers' front office, and the, it seems like something new is coming out every day. Um, and the yeah. latest, the latest uh, is that uh, Joe Cronin, at a press conference at, uh, from Summer League, which the Blazers are taking part in right now, two games in, he had a press conference from Summer League yesterday, where he came out and said basically that he's in no particular hurry to trade Damian Lillard. And the big issue, of course, is that Dame wants to go to the Miami Heat. And the problem with Mm -hmm. that from the Blazers' perspective is that the Miami Heat don't have a bunch of assets. Um, So it's going to get – well, it already is messy. I was going to say it's going to get messy. It's already messy. Um, Yeah. Just go – let's go back to July 1st, um, Saturday morning – Saturday or Sunday, I can't remember. But it was, uh, it was a weekend morning. Uh, it was early. It was like 9, 9 a.m. that the news came out. It was early uh, on a weekend morning 10 days ago. Your initial reaction when you saw the news? I mean, so what, what happened with me was I, I had a late night the night before. I was kind of sleeping in. So I woke up to tons of people texting me mm. and just saying oh my finally happened and I, I knew what they were talking about right away because I feel like all of us kind of saw this coming um and yeah I don't know when when I initially got the news I mean I feel like it was like going through all the stages of grief you know mm. you're yeah. like no way no way this is happening and then you're like well you know now that it's happening, I kind of saw the signs coming. Yeah. Like, I guess this was kind of inevitable. And now I'm, I'm kind of at the point of acceptance where like, yeah, this is, of course this was going to happen. Like it, I, I, it, the signs were there for, for many months. Right. Right. And I, I think it really happened. Like, I, I feel like Dame made his mind up at the end of last season when 
they sat him and apparently according to to sources close to his camp he wanted to to play out the end of the season and push and you know try to make that play in game and the the team shut him down and you know when you're a guy like Damian Lillard like that that yeah. says a lot for the second that, year in a that, row by the way exactly yeah exactly exactly so am i surprised no not at all am i upset and disappointed absolutely this is this is my favorite nba player of all time right portland has been unbelievably lucky to have Damian Lillard and the fact that this era is at an end really really sucks and honestly to me what sucks more is the way it's ending now because you wanted it to be this really sweet thing where like everybody wins and you know he has a, a nice goodbye and I don't I don't think there's any animosity between fans and Damian Lillard right now I don't think anybody's I've seen some. I've, I've seen some. Well, I okay. So from some from real fans, I should say, because okay. there's there's a lot of uh, fans who are, you know, who I don't think really appreciate Damian Lillard for who he actually is, and I feel like the people who have followed him on this team since day one or even before day one when he was at Weber State. Because um, you and I, we we're both Portland State guys, same conference as Weber uh-huh. State. So, you know, I remember hearing rumblings of Damian Lillard for a while, yeah. <laughs> and you know when, when when he finally got here. I mean, it's it's just been such a a story, and I think to to treat him as anything less than an amazing person and an amazing basketball player is is doing a disservice to him. Um, now that being said, yeah, this is getting real messy, and yeah. it it sucks that it's getting this messy, but. At the same time, I think it has to because, you know, for for as much crap as I've given Joe Cronin over the past couple years, this is the approach he needs to take. You you can't sell Damian Lillard for anything less than one of the best players in the NBA. I mean, if he would have played the whole season, he would have been first-team All-NBA. And when you're talking about a guy who is most likely a, a top-five guy coming into next year. Yep. I mean, you, you can't sell him for Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Don't forget a couple Ni- picks. Nikola like what Jovic. You... Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. Jaime is the, the Jovic and Jaime Hawkes like, yeah, I get that they're they're young forwards. I don't care. <laughs> they could be busts. Yeah. I mean, we, I I need I need return on my investment, you know? Right. And also to that point, the other thing of where where my my opinion has kind of shifted a little bit where you know I feel like last time we talked about this we were saying like you know do whatever Dame wants he's done so much for the city and then you know the more I started to think about it I said Portland's done a lot for Dame Portland gave Dame one of the biggest contracts in NBA history and I think one of the most compelling points that is has kind of shifted my opinion a little bit on yeah, you need to get a good return out of this. And if if it means shipping Dame to a team he doesn't really want to go to as much, I mean, Dame didn't have to take that contract for five years. He could have taken it for a year. He could have taken it for two years. So Portland has rewarded him with one of the greatest contracts that an NBA player has, (laughs) you know? So he's getting paid. We're paying him. He's going to get paid by whoever we trade him to. So Portland did our part. If if he didn't want to 
see it through and he saw that signs coming, then yeah, maybe, maybe don't take that deal. But anybody in their right mind is going to take that deal. So if it means shipping Dame to a team, he doesn't really want to go for go to for a year or something, you know, maybe, maybe that's what has to happen. Or I, I think probably the most realistic option is a three team deal. Yeah where we can still facilitate a, a trade to get Dame somewhere where he would want to be. Cause that's obviously we want everybody to win here. We don't want to just, you know, screw Dame over and send him to the Orlando magic or something. You know, we, we want to, we want to Orlando magic are better than the blazers right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's not act like that's a downgrade, Sam. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could use a point guard. I don't know. I, I, I am still. What do they not have enough over there? <laughs> I, I think he'd They've probably step up right to now. point guard one. Yeah, he'd probably overtake Markel Fultz. <laughs> How about that? You say, hey Dave, yeah. uh, we can't do Miami, but we got the next closest destination. How about Orlando? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be funny. Because they got some pieces that they could ship back. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I, I would take Paulo. I'd take Paulo for Dame. I, I feel like that would be a, a trade that would make me satisfied because that's a guy who's who's going to bump your team up immediately and also build you for the future. Uh, Orlando's not doing that, though. We no, know that. They, they have not um, been discussed at all. I, I think they're, I think Orlando no. likes where they're going right now. I think they do. Um, I'm not quite sure why. It seems like they just kind of keep making lateral moves and picks. And, like, I, I don't know. I feel like Orlando has, like, 50 players on their roster by now. It just seems <laughs> like they... They keep getting so many players. Um, but, yeah, anyway, I, it, it's a really tough position for me to be in, like, from a moral standpoint because right. I want to do good by Dame so much, but you can't just give away the best thing the franchise has for Tyler Hero. Right. Or Nikola Jovic and Jaime Jaquez. Like, that's that's not nearly good enough. Not nearly good enough. Right. So. I, I am I'm kind of glad that the front office is taking a standpoint of, you know, if this is going to take months, it's going to take months, but we're going to make sure the right deal gets done because that's what you need to do in this scenario, I think. Sam, I think you're burying the lead, though, because I think that the, the major story here is that this same front office that is playing hardball is the reason that he forced a trade. He didn't want to get – he didn't want to get – if you know anything about Damian Lillard, he wanted to end his career in Portland. And the Blazers consistently yeah. failed to build a winner around him. I mean, you think about Sam, the best player. So going back, I was looking back last night. You go back to 2015, which is when he really kind of took over as the face of the franchise. That's when LaMarcus Aldridge left, right? Since that yep. point, the best player that the Blazers brought in is Jeremy Grant. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you could make the case yeah. maybe Norman Powell, but like those are the two guys. Rodney Hood. I mean, those are those are the guys you brought right. in. You never gave him the help that he needed to build a winner around him. And I think he I think why you're kind of seeing Dame go uh scorched earth right now with the Miami or bust is that he feels betrayed yeah. by the franchise. And I think that's the that's the yeah. big story here is they told him time and time again, we want to build around you, we want to build around you. But the actions never match those words. And you could see the writing well, on the wall when Scoot 
when Scoot got drafted, and it was, I remember uh, thinking, like, yes, like, it makes sense to draft Scoot, but you're playing with fire here. I didn't think it would uh, all go down that quickly, where, you know, a couple days right. later he's requesting a trade, but that was, you could see that this could be a sticky situation. Uh, now, it certainly escalated a lot yeah. quicker than I ever could have imagined, but you were clearly playing with fire when you made the decision to not trade that pick, uh, which is, you know, your best asset in years in terms of being able to get an impactful player uh, to pair alongside Damian Lillard in a trade. You take Scoot, you make it clear that you intend to keep Scoot, and that that's the end of the, That was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, yeah, and and I I, I get all that. I I think it's it it, it kind of just exemplifies how hard it is to bring good talent to a small market, though, because I I don't think the front office hasn't been trying. I I think are you the a Joe Cronin apologist is, now? No, 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 That's no. What it hear me like. out. Hear me out. Okay. Hear okay. me out. Hear me out. I just I I feel like the problem was not like and I don't know what's happening behind the scenes. That's the that's the issue here. Is right. when I saw that Scoot was drafted, I said, Yes, of course. You have to take Scoot Henderson at number three. It's it's you're in the position of you don't take the best fit, you take the best available. And Scoot Henderson is far and away the best available at number three. Some people were saying, like, oh, maybe one of the Thompson twins, but do you think that's moving dame's needle at all either no so you take the best available and what i'm curious about is if if the front office had the conversation with dame and they seemed optimistic which is what all reports were and then what it was it was less than 48 hours later when he requested the trade so i'm i'm curious what happened in free agency with the Jeremy Grant deal going down, which by all reports, Dame wanted Jeremy Grant back. So, yeah, I thought that was a huge overpay for Jeremy Grant. To be totally well, and that's, honest, the and, other th the weird thing is that when that came out, that seemed to signal that Dame would stay. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then that's why it was right after that. That's why it was strange. Yeah, something clearly. Yeah, you, you, so, you're right. Something clearly happened behind the scenes that we don't know about. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I feel like. There's there's just too much we don't know right now that it's it's hard to really speculate which side is at fault. Now, in the grand scheme of things, oh, yeah, the front office is at fault because it's been, you know, eight years now yeah. of this where we haven't been able to build a team around Dame. So that, yeah, that's that's a, a big problem. And I, I feel like, you know, that's that's more of the last guard <laughs> yeah. going out. I mean we were were so frustrated and even when when the CJ deal went down which i feel like blazers fans had been calling for for a couple years by then but then you got because it just clearly wasn't working virtually nothing you didn't get anything in return yeah exactly Powell, so you got nothing in return nothing in return you gave up gary yeah, so, to get norman powell and you yep. you get nothing out of norm and not that it was his yep. fault he was played out of position much like josh hart and then you right. give him exactly. the clippers for nothing yep Yep. And that's my issue so, with Joe Cronin. I, I think he he's done one thing in his tenure really well, and that's the draft. And I don't know how much of that is him, and he, there's a brain trust there. Yeah. That, uh, uh, the the yeah. guy they hired from ESPN, Mike Schmitz, I think is kind of their draft guru. Yep. 
But I mean, I'll give Joe Cronin so. credit. You know, he, at least he's pulling the trigger on it. You had a real, you've had two yeah. really good drafts, right? Yep. You you made a great trade for Jeremy Grant, where you gave up basically nothing—a future first-round pick, right? Other than that, he has not made a good move. He's been horrible in free agency, in mm-hmm. terms of overpaying for guys and just you know the, you look back at the Peyton. Now that wasn't necessarily his fault that it didn't work out, but I mean, look at the Nurk contract, look at the Anthony Simons contract yeah. that now you're trying yep. to get rid yep. of. Uh, J- Jeremy Grant, you think uh, it, that one's going to age very well in five years? I mean, y- you probably won't be any good. Uh, yeah. You might just be starting to get good by that point, but you just threw the bag at Jeremy Grant. Uh, five years, $160 mm-hmm. million, I believe. Uh, yeah, five years, $160 million, so He's going to be making $32 million a year. Um, now, if you trade Dame, obviously you got to pay somebody to get <laughs> to the cap, and you're going to be taking on some salary in return um, when you eventually trade Damian Lillard. But I just feel like we're going to get to the end of that contract, and that's going to look really bad. I mean, it already looks pretty bad. And yeah. it, it would, the, the thing that's going to save it right now is you're probably not going to be in contention for a couple years, so you won't really, it's not going to be that big of an issue. But once you start to get in contention and you're looking at maybe trying to bring some guys in, I think we're going to look at the, the final couple years of that contract and say, wow, this, uh, this did not age well yeah. at all. I mean, I, to your point, I don't, I don't think it's aged well from day one. No. I thought it was a terrible contract when the news broke. Yeah. I mean, because you're, you're locking him up for too long and you're overpaying him. And right. how have we seen that work out now with Anthony and with Nurkic and heck, even with Damian Lillard? I mean, you gotta, you gotta yep. put that in there because if you're, if you're locking these guys up for that long, you're, you're tied to them. And then it's hard to get rid of them if they get bad like Nurkic did because yep. nobody wants to take on that contract. So, yeah, I, I thought that was a, an absolutely terrible fail of a contract. And I know you want to keep Jeremy Grant on the team, but, like, yeah, maybe wait till Damian Lillard actually <laughs> tells you what he's going to do before you throw that much money at somebody. Yeah, I, I can't imagine really there was a, on a ton of teams team. looking to throw $160 million at him. No. Of course not. Of course not. Now he he probably would have made upwards of twenty. I would say probably twenty to twenty five is is a fair asking price for a guy who, yeah. you know, by by all accounts is improving still as an uh, efficient scorer. I mean he he shot his best splits last year, averaging what about twenty points a game, and you know that's solid. That's really yeah. good. That's a a good contributor. That's who you want as like a third option on a good team. Right. You don't want that to be your best option, and we just locked him up as now our, our our potential best option, which is just insane when we're trying to pivot to a rebuild now, or at least developing young talent. Right. But yeah, it's 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 a really sticky situation. I I think the Blazers are just kind of screwing everything over right now. Uh, I this Damian Lillard trade is has got to get some sort of incredible return for me and that's why i'm so adamant with it is you already kind of shot yourself in the foot so don't let this be shooting yourself in the other foot too you know (laughs) well yeah and this is joe cronin this is he's gonna go down as the fall guy either way this is a he's already the bad guy um he's got to be the bad guy even more and and just really dig his heels in um and, and the yeah if you look at it I don't think by the time uh, Scoot and Shaden really get developed and you're and you're competing, I don't think Joe Cronin's still going to be the GM. Probably not. <laughs> so I think he's he's the one that's doing the dirty work. But at the end of the day, I don't think he's going to be able to reap the rewards because I feel like they'll go in a different yeah. direction 
um, in the near future, especially as those young players develop. And, and and that leads me to another point, Sam, is that when you watch Scoot in the first summer league game, you watch not Shaden in summer league because he doesn't look very, he doesn't really look like he cares. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you watched him at the yeah. end of last year and he looked really good. I, I really want to get excited about this young talent because you, you do have young talent and the future is not terrible. But my right. biggest thing that I keep going back to is that that's all you got if you're the Blazers. You've got a horrific mm-hmm. ownership group. You've got what I think yep. is a bad GM. I think you've got the worst yep. coach in the league. It's hard to get excited yep. about this young talent when everything else surrounding the franchise is subpar. And that's what that's just what yeah. I keep coming back to is that I don't think this team's going to go anywhere unless they they just need they need a sale, they need a clean slate in the front office and in the coach they need a complete clean slate not just on the court even more so off the court and that's what's going to hold this team back more than anything well and i i think that's an excellent point and i think what is going to be frustrating about that is right now would be the perfect time to do that you know everything's crumbling already might as well just yeah exactly and that's that's what's going to hold this back and it's I mean, that's not changing anytime soon, despite what every single person I think in Portland wants. That's just not going to happen. And yeah, yeah I, I, I think until we see a, a sale of the team to a responsible owner who actually really cares about the team, then we're, we're going to be stuck in this kind of weird no man's land. Yeah. And that we've been in no man's land for how many years now? For a long time. A long time. A long time. Right? We've been in no man's land yeah. for an awfully long time. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's the big issue here is that – and the other thing is you think about it, who's to say that Scoot Henderson isn't going to get the, the bolt the first chance he gets after his rookie contract ends up? You know, if this yeah. team is still a mess, why is he going to want to stick around? I think Blazer fans exactly. taking advantage how patient Damian Lillard was – 99% of players out there would not have stuck around. So, yes, you've yeah. got this nice young backcourt of the future, but with a disaster of a front office and ownership, there's no saying that you're even going to be able to keep them more than their rookie contracts. So you might just be all the way back right. to, to square one, you know, four or five years from now. So that's yeah. that's what, yeah. it, what it comes down to for me is I don't really have confidence that you'll be able to really build around these guys and maintain these guys. I think you're going to become basically a, a feeder team for, for better teams. Yeah, or, I mean, not to, not to sound the alarm, but, you know, there's there's been a lot of talk about relocation and yeah. expansion teams. We don't, we don't want the Blazers to fall into that conversation. Not no. to not to sound the alarm too early, but something that I've definitely been thinking about lately is you keep going down this road, and especially if Shaden and Scoot say, I don't want to be here anymore. Right. Do you think the NBA is going to be thrilled with having a team in Portland anymore? No. Especially when they can see how much money they could make with a team in Vegas? Yeah. yeah. Y- I don't know. Yeah, you've got – the one thing you had going for was you had Dame, who's a big brand, and you don't have yeah. that anymore. Now you've got Scoot. You know. And Scoot yeah. can become a big brand, but he's not Damian Lillard. Yeah. Right. Right. So I, that's my take on this whole thing is just disgust and just the what this really is, Sam, is a it, it just marks an absolute failure of the front office to 
to build around Damian Lillard, in my opinion. That's that's what this all boils down right. to. And that's kind of yeah. my whole takeaway from this situation. Uh, and now I get I is I'm still a Blazer fan. I want the team to get a good return, but I also want to do right by Dame too. And I'm it's kind of in that it's like you said, it's kind of that morality piece that, you know, you want to do mm-hmm. right by him, but you can't just, you know, destroy yourself in the process. It's just it's just a mess is what it comes down yeah. to. And uh, honestly, I'm glad we didn't have a show last week because I was in no mood. I'm still really not in any mood to talk about it, but we, we've got to <laughs> at some point. But just the uh, new yeah. news every day is just this is this is the worst, right? You, you just got yeah. this cloud. Well, it's all just... Yeah. Yeah, it's all speculation right now. Right. There's there's no actual information, so you just have people constantly talk about it cuz you know, this is it's it's the same thing when James Harden was demanding out of Houston. Now, very very different players. I need to preface that. Yeah. Very different players, very different situation. But it was the same thing where, you know, it was just constantly like, "Oh, what yeah. are they going to get in return? What are they going to get in return? What's going to happen?" And it's just, yeah, it's it's draining, especially when it's a player who means so much to Portland and means so much to this fan base. Like, it's like, you know, it's like your 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 girlfriend broke up with you and your friends are texting you about what she's doing every single <laughs> yeah. day. You know? Sending you pictures. You're like, man, just look, like, hey, look where I found yeah, her. Let me, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. It's just like, let me... Let me digest a little yeah. first. I, right. I can't take it, you know? It's too much. <laughs> that's a very yeah. good analogy because uh, that's what it feels like. It feels like a lover scorned. Yeah, yeah, it does. It and it does. is draining. You're 100% correct. And I think yeah, when he says, when Joe says things like, it, if it takes months, it takes months, that's going to do a lot of damage, not only to the, I mean, to the fan base, but you talk about the players that are trying to play on the court. You don't want that cloud hanging over your, your head. Yeah. Right now, what I'm curious about is if it'll actually take months or if he's trying to just play the mental game, because clearly Dame's agent is playing the mental game. And, you know, with the reports of, yeah, other teams shouldn't even really be calling about him because he just wants to play for the Heat. Like, do we really believe that about <laughs> Damian Lillard? Do we believe no. if we if we trade him to a team, he's going to pout and sit on the bench? Though? No way. We know Damian Lillard. He's going to yeah. go suit up for whoever he gets traded to, and he's going to do a great job. So I, I feel like they a want lot to go of this to Miami. is like a weird... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's a weird just mental back and forth. Um, so, yeah, again, and that, that doesn't help the situation for the fans because... It just makes it feel even worse for us because now it feels like, to give another analogy, it's like your divorced parents just like fighting nonstop. <laughs> yeah. Or your parent, it's, yeah, yeah. You know the divorce is like coming, but it's divorced. not quite there yeah, yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's just the worst, man. This is just, and again, it's the worst. I, I would love to be real excited about Scoot Henderson because he looks like a really good, you know, we've only seen, you know, three quarters yeah. of him so far, but he looks like a really good young player and I'd love to get excited about it but you've got this it's just so frustrating how this has all gone yep. down and again just the way it's gone down you hoped if it would ever come you hoped it never came to this but you hoped if it if it did come to this it would be you know is uh, 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 kind of a celebratory deal more than just this nasty right. breakup which is what it's become and it doesn't sound like it's going to yeah. end anytime soon we're, we're going to take a break here in a moment but first Sam the other thing that I haven't really heard any buddy talking about but has been on my mind a lot what this does 
And I think now I will say that Scoot seems to have the personality that he can take this on. But this puts a mm-hmm. lot of pressure on Scoot Henderson to be a star. Because he is yeah. now he is now going to be fair or not, and it's not fair to him. He is going to be the guy that forced Damian Lillard out of town. So he yeah. is going to be yeah. measured against True. Damian Lillard, one of the top 75 greatest players in franchise history. Anything short of becoming as good as Damian Lillard, and he's going to be, it's going to feel like he's going to be a bust. That's an awful lot of pressure to put on a a 19-year-old kid. Yeah. Now, I feel like, and I I, I think you probably agree with this, Scoot Anderson seems like the kind of personality where he almost, like, welcomes that. Yes, Uh, yeah, 100%. You you can tell he's ready for the the big moments and for the big stage, and he wants that spotlight. Right. So, I mean, good good it's him. Because imagine if it was Brandon Miller in this position right now. <laughs> They'd break, yeah. Would not a lot of guys would probably confident. break under this pressure. But, yeah, Scoot is built yeah. different. And I think that's that's what's – he's got that going in his corner, and I think that's what's going to help him out. But it's a really tough spot to, to put him in. Yeah, definitely. Let's briefly talk about the other moves. There haven't been many, Sam, but <laughs> as the Blazers have not mm-hmm. actually brought any outside help in free agency, they've made two moves – They've uh, they obviously threw a, a bank at Jeremy Grant, and then they re-signed Matisse Thibel, three years, thirty-three million. After Dallas signed him to an offer sheet, and that's it. Uh, they made a really surprising yep. move, but before uh, before Grant got signed, before the trade request to uh, waive Trenton Watford, which came out of left field and didn't, yeah. and especially now, just makes no sense. Is he was one of the few players he no really sense. developed. Right over the last uh, right. a couple years, and now he's gone. Um, Cam Reddish signs with the Lakers. Drew Eubanks signs with the Suns, so they're gone. You do re-sign uh, your two two-way guys, John Butler and Ibu Baji, who we've finally now seen Ibu Baji playing in summer league, and he, he doesn't look great. <laughs> he looked a little bit no. better in the second game than he did the first game, but. Um, so you're looking for, for talent at the center position, and the cupboard's pretty bare because all you had last year when Nurk went down was Drew Eubanks, and he's gone. Drew Eubanks and Trenton Watford, and you're replacing mm-hmm. them with Ibu Baji and John Butler. And the thing about John Butler is just because he's seven foot, he's really not a center. He plays more like a wing uh, with his height. He yeah. seems to be more uh, focused on getting out to the perimeter. So I don't really even see him as a center. He's just really tall. Um, so, yeah, right. right now you're rolling with it looks like Nurk, and then you don't really have a backup center. You, I guess you could say Ibu Baji. <laughs> so that, right. doesn't, that doesn't make you feel really good going forward. But, again, at this point it doesn't even really matter because you're probably not going to be in any sort of contention for the next couple of years. So it, it, it comes down to now the backup center, the backup point guard, doesn't really matter as much when you're not a contender, right? You're just trying to stockpile talent. Yep. So we'll see how right, it goes, right. but I mean, we'll see. What did you make of the of the Tybal resigning? I, I mean, I'm glad he's young. back on the team. Yeah, I, yeah he he fits in kind of with the timeline. I mean, he'll be a little like a couple years older than some of these guys. Um, but I mean, when you think of like, yeah, I don't know. He's it's fine. Um, I, I I'm glad he's back on the team. I like him as a player a lot. Uh, I I think it'll be good to just have somebody to fill that role, um, because I I think his his aggressiveness and his hustle is going to help the young guys out a lot. Yeah. So I I feel like having him on the team is going to be really good for development. 
yeah, apart you, from just you, being a good player right, on the court. You need those kind of guys to kind of help the young guys grow. Yeah. So I was I was fine with that one. And again, like was it maybe a little overpay? It maybe. Yeah. Not as bad as Jeremy Grant. No, though, and so the fact I'm, that I'm it's only three it. years again, because you're looking Exactly. I, I'm looking at that third year as like maybe you're starting to compete by that point. I, the next two years, yeah. I think, are pretty much a wash. So uh, that contract doesn't look as bad as Jeremy. Jeremy's only because for the first half of that contract, it's not gonna, it's going to be an afterthought because you're not focused on winning, really. Right, right. We are going to take a quick break. Uh, coming up on the other side, we'll have uh, three questions brought to you by New Deal Distillery. This is Blazers Eggs Radio on X-Ray FM.
All right, back at it here on Blazers Edge Radio. A little steely, Dan, to to get you through the break there, Sam. Some nice uh, <laughs> almost elevator music there. Love me some steely, Dan. But we're back here on Blazers Edge Radio. That nice calming. I think we need a nice little, little break there. We do have a text rolling in that says that we are being unnecessarily dramatic uh, and that this is not a nasty divorce. The trade just hasn't gone down yet. Well, that's the whole point. Is that that's why it's such a nasty divorce? Is because you're you're ripping the bandaid off a millimeter at a time. <laughs> that's about as nasty as it gets. Yeah, I mean, good for you, whoever whoever that is. Good for you for it. It's not affecting you, because man, this is like you see. Yeah, this is draining me. I want to know what you're having because yeah, that I would love to be able to to feel that way. But that's that's honestly how that analogy you gave is the best one I've heard. Is that that's truly is what it what it feels like. Um, another text rolled in say, is this like the Kevin Durant pushing out Ray Allen from the Sonics? Not really, because Ray Allen to the Sonics was nothing like what Damian Lillard meant to the Blazers. Right? He was from the box. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was a. Certainly, yeah. There was a there's a period where he was the guy, but yeah, he he was never he never reached Damian Lillard status in uh, Seattle. It would have been more like Gary Payton, but that wasn't really uh, that wasn't really a. From what I remember, it wasn't really a nasty breakup. He just got really old and uh, started chasing rings. Right. All right. It's yeah. Yeah, he was not. I don't think he was ever really truly beloved in New Orleans. Right? Yeah. All right, it is time for three questions brought to you by New Deal Distillery. New Deal has been located in Southeast Portland since 2004. They make craft vodka, gin, bourbon, rye, rum, liqueurs, and more. Their spirits are available in their tasting room at 900 Southeast Salmon Street, as well as cocktail lounges and liquor stores near and far. More information is available at NewDealDistillery.com. And Sam, my first question for you uh, this week who made worse free agency decisions, the Dallas Mavericks or the Houston Rockets? And before you answer, I'm going to uh, give a little primer uh, on what those teams were up to. Uh, the, the Houston, speaking of throwing money at players, uh, the Houston Rockets uh, went on a spending spree. They brought in Fred Van Fleet, three years, $128 million. They brought in Dylan Brooks, who the Memphis Grizzlies made public they did not want and would not bring back under any circumstances. He comes in for four years, $86 million. They bring in Jock Landale for four years, $32 million. Jeff Green, NBA champion Jeff Green, two years, $16 million. They're a rebuilding team that seems to have thrown an awful lot of money at a bunch of random players. <laughs> None more so than Dylan Brooks. And the uh, the Dallas Mavericks um, have made their bet as they have now locked up Kyrie Irving. So on the other hand, you've got that, uh, which, which is the worst decision. It makes so little sense. Just, you know, you, you've been going in on the youth movement hard for for the last few years now. I think last year they had, I think I read somewhere they had 14 players who were third year or younger. Yeah. And now you're bringing in like vets and stuff? Like what, what are you doing? Well, you're, you're bringing in Fred Van Vliet after you had a promising young backcourt? Like what? 
and you just drafted here, your point guard of the future. Well, and the weird thing is, yeah. I get bringing in a veteran point guard to help a man come along, but you're paying Fred Van Fleet like a franchise player to be a mentor. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. It, it yep. makes no you're sense. You're giving him the max. Yeah. No no sense at all. It's it's the most bizarre front office shift I think maybe I've ever seen in the NBA, to be honest, is you know going all in so hard on the youth movement and then just taking the hardest left turn imaginable <laughs> like you're bringing in Jeff Green what are you what's right. what's going on here <laughs> yeah this was this so was confusing. puzzling and then not to mention the Dylan Brooks contract which, but it doesn't seem oh like anybody gosh. wanted him right yeah. and you're paying him 20 million dollars yeah. a year what's going on well in with with incentives that are being reported to bump that contract up to 90 million total instead of 80 million total. So what yeah, what are you doing? Nobody wanted him. What his, his are, what own are those team incentives? said under no circumstance. I I don't know. I I'm don't very curious to find out. <laughs> if he yeah. doesn't if he doesn't poke any bears, he gets 90. <laughs> well, he's not making that money then. No. He pokes bears. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, uh, it's so the Rockets, right? Because uh, the Mavs, it makes yeah. sense, right? It's probably it's going to end in, as a disaster, but they kind of have to, right? They made their bed last season yeah. when they gave up a couple key pieces in yeah. uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie for Kyrie Irving, and, of course, it went disastrous. Right. Despite no real issues from Kyrie yet, so you know those are coming, um, and you, ha- you kind of right. had to lock him up because – that was the direction. Again, you made your bed last year, so you had really no choice. Uh, and it's not going to end well, but the Rockets is just puzzling. One of the all-time most puzzling free agency periods I, I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. Just baffling. Baffling is a good word. Uh, question number two, Sam. Not really a question, but it's a fill in the blank. The NBA's new in-season tournament is its most pointless development since... Since they started selling NFTs, is what I'm <laughs> going go. with. Okay, that's a good. Yeah, one. I yeah, it makes about as much sense to me as as NFTs do. And you know, there's some people out there who can explain NFTs to me and try to convince me, but not me. I'm just not on board with it. And you know, when the NBA started selling highlights that I can go watch on YouTube, yeah, I'm gonna go watch those on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna buy it. Yeah, I I. I don't know. No, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's a good one. I forgot about that one. Mine is uh, division realignment. Back like mm. 20 years ago, when they when they switched yeah. from four divisions to six divisions. And pop quiz, Sam, can you name off the top of your head the teams in Portland's division? Uh, it's weird. Um, it's, it's weird because it's called I, the Northwest Division, and you have one team in the yep. Northwest. Yeah, I know. Um, I know OKC is in there. Yes, which because is not they the were Northwest, Seattle. Yes. Yeah. Um, Minnesota's in there. Yeah. Kind of close. Um, Denver. Yes. And Utah. Utah. Yes. Yeah. Y- you got it. The point is, you had yeah. to think about it. You had to think about it, right? Which shows how meaningless. Which shows how yeah. meaningless NBA divisions are. But yeah, this is. Right. They finally did this. They've been talking about it for years. Nobody wants it. This is Adam Silver's baby, yeah. and he's really excited about it. And, <laughs> and the final four is going to be in Vegas. But this is just. I mean, you think the play-in? I mean, like the play-in was like kind of like ah, eh, but we saw something on the line there, right? Yeah. I mean, it worked for Miami this year. 
clearly. Right. Uh, but I mean, at least True. there's something on the line. This is there's nothing on the line. You're trying to make, you're right. trying to pump juice into the regular season, but this is not the way. I mean, this is this mm-hmm. doesn't help you. This is just calling regular season games something different. That's all it is. Right. Like they're trying to go in soccer. This is a big deal, but basketball is not soccer, yeah. and that's you gotta you gotta stay in your lane here. And this is this this is gonna be again pointless. If you want to make the regular season better, there's two things in my opinion you can do. Well, three. You can bring the hammer down on tanking somehow, and I think the, we've talked about it before. I think the way to do that is to flatten the lottery odds. Um, so that would maybe help a little bit. But the bigger thing, Sam, is you've got to find a way to squash load management because that is what's truly killing the mm-hmm. regular season is you don't know who's going to suit up on a given night. And I think the way to right. do that is either you find teams, you know, you really crack down on, on getting the medical reports and, and figure it out if guys are actually hurt or not. And the other way would be to uh, shorten the regular season. Which I think makes the most sense because we don't need 82 games. Mm-hmm. We can, you know, have like two games a week right. or something like that. Uh, but they're gonna, not going to do that because then the TV money is not as good. So mm-hmm. uh, their solution is to uh, create an in-season tournament that nobody will care about. Uh, question number three yep. is a mystery to you, Sam. And I was struggling yeah. with this one, but I, I've got it now. Um, okay. It is 7-11. So it is uh, Slurpee Day as everybody can get a free Slurpee mm. at 7-Eleven. Do you remember the last time you had a Slurpee? You don't seem like much of a Slurpee guy. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. Do you remember um, the last time you stepped man. from the 7-Eleven? I do. Okay. I do. Okay. Um, I that is That has definitely been more recent. Uh, that was on this last tour I was on, oh, for sure. It, it stepped inside some 7-Elevens. Uh, did not order a Slurpee anytime. Um, well, you don't order I it. You have to get it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that shows how long it's been. <laughs> you know, I'll take one Slurpee, please. <laughs> uh, you imagine, that was good. That was can you imagine the look on the uh, clerk's face if you got? <laughs> See, now I want to go try yeah, that. Try it. Now I want to. Well, try. not today, because um, now everybody that those workers are not having fun today. For I can tell you, this yeah, is not the day. Oh my god, this is not the day. No. I'll wait till tomorrow. Wait till tomorrow. Um, wait till tomorrow. No, I, I think probably the last time I had a, a Slurpee was in high school. Probably. Wow, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. Mine isn't that one. I had one a few months ago and it was awful. It was dragon. Yeah. Was, I only what? got it because it was dragon fruit flavored. Um, and I think they still oh. have them at a lot of 7 Eleven. Yeah, right. So, yeah, okay. that sounds exotic. Right? That sounds I like, interesting. I like dragon fruit. Yeah. No, it tasted like grape. Oh. Terrible. Yeah. Yikes. I haven't had one since. I'll probably have one today. That was three questions brought to you by New Deal Distillery. Sam, we got a few minutes left. Let's talk about the actual Blazers on the hardwood. Summer League is in full force. We're two games in. Um, We saw in game one, Scoot Henderson get off to a terrific start uh, against the Houston Rockets. 13 points in the first quarter. Really kind of putting his foot down and saying, this is my team. Because let's be honest, the Summer mm-hmm. League team is going to look eerily similar to the regular season team. <laughs> Just add Jeremy Grant and Matisse Thybul, right? And yeah, Anthony Simons. But yeah. you're going to see at least half these guys on the actual team. So 
Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to look all that different. Um, but, I mean, the big story in game one was obviously Scoot Henderson. He obviously gets hurt, shoulder injury. It's not expected mm-hmm. to be very serious. However, I doubt we'll see him again. over the, They're going to have three more games. We know he's not going to play tonight. You're taking on uh, Brandon Miller and Charlotte. Uh, we'll see if we see him for Thursday. That is against the Magic. And then you're going to play another game over the weekend. But they got to wait to see who makes the finals before they reveal that final game but you're gonna have three more games and we're probably not going to see any more scoot but of the bit of scooter that you saw what do you like in that first game yeah i i liked a lot just i mean he he looks like an nba player out there already he he's got his head about him he's his court awareness is really really good um his aggressiveness the way he's attacking the back skip is looking good um, his jump shot didn't look bad. Uh, obviously, still room to improve on that. But yeah, just to me, the the uh, the confidence and and willing to just say like like you mentioned, like it it feels like his team from day one, and that's what you want from a guy who you draft three overall. You know, you want him to be aggressive. You want him to take control and to t- take charge. And I feel like he did that very well. Yeah, I I loved it. I loved I love his the aggression that we play he plays with because yeah. that is something we have not seen from the Blazers as a whole in a long time, and I I think he's gonna come in and he's gonna be the guy from day one. Forget that Shaden Sharp has a year yeah. on him. Forget that forget forget that uh, Jeremy Grant is making one hundred sixty million dollars. When Damian the second Damian Lillard gets traded, this is Scoot Henderson's team, right? And I think he is he yeah. and much the way the second Damian Lillard got drafted, it became his team, not Lamarcus Aldridge. Very different styles, uh, but you yeah. see kind of those same like they are the guy, all eyes on them, and you see that in Scoot, yeah. and he is clearly ready to take on that challenge. And what I think is so refreshing for me, Sam, is just the way he plays. He plays hard, and he's a guy who is not yeah. going to let other guys. I think he's going to get on Shaden Sharp because Shaden Sharp is a guy who can kind of coast through some games, right? How many times have we seen a lack of effort from the Blazers over the last handful of years? And, and, you know, Damian Lillard is just not the the guy that's going to really call that out, right? I have no doubt about it that Scoot Henderson is going to get in somebody's face if they're not giving their full effort, whether it's a veteran or not. I don't think he has any issue because, again, he'd be especially – if Damian Lillard is not as your team, because then it is unquestionably his team. You don't have this weird kind of power struggle between the, right. the future guy right. and the current guy. So in a way, that helps Scoot Henderson that Dame is gone because now he can really make his full mark on this team. Yeah, you know, it's I I just still so selfishly wish we could have seen just what it looked like with Dame and Scoot trying it. Right. I, I yeah, the, I mean the fact that we, the worked. fact that I we really don't do. even see get to see how it would have worked is is pretty sad, right? Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, y- you see like how Scoot is is opening up the offense by just how much attention he demands when he's aggressive. Now imagine Damian Lillard's out on the three point line, wide open for a three. You know, it, right. it, it there's ways that this could have worked, and I'm I'm upset that we never got to see them try it. And I get it, I do get it, but yeah, I just selfishly would have loved to see it at least for a month or two. Right. See what see what it would be like, but we're not going to see that. Uh, we're instead going to see Scoot and Shaden, and my guess is they'll probably start Anthony Simons. There's nothing 
Coach Billups likes more than those yeah. three guard lineups. Um, but how do you how do you feel about now? We didn't get to see very much of it, but the pairing of Scoot and Shaden Sharp, you've kind of got a yin and yin and a yang there. Because you've got yeah, Shaden I mean, seems you know very mellow, very low key. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Scoot is kind of this in your face kind of leader, born leader. And it's going to be interesting to see how that relationship kind of develops. Yeah, I, I, you, you kind of touched on it earlier where Shaden just kind of seems like he's coasting through yeah. as you would kind of want him to. You don't want him to get injured or anything, of course. But um, yeah, it, I, I feel like we're seeing something that is not indicative of what we're going to see once the regular season starts because yeah, it, it seems like it's like, yeah, Scoot's going to do his thing and then Shaden's going to take a lot of shots. Yeah. And we don't want that. We want them both to be aggressive because we saw what Shaden can do when he's the alpha guy on offense. So if both of them are, are clicking, then I, th- I think it's it's going to be a really fun team to watch. Um, yeah, the big question mark for me is is what to do with Anthony Simons, and that's kind of why I was hoping a, a trade would happen with him because he, he really doesn't fit into this team to me anymore. And yeah, it's going to be weird. Wild because he's yeah. still very young yeah. too. Like you he's would, the forgotten man. He, yeah, yeah, but I mean, obviously, you want your backcourt, or I, I would hope you want your backcourt to be Scoot and Shaden. Now, I, I think you're right. I think it's probably going to be Scoot, Anthony, and then trying to make Shaden play the three, which he's going to struggle in. Because um, you know, you put a, a six nine guy on Shaden, he's going to have a hard time scoring. So. Uh, we'll got see. a Hopefully. text rolling in here, Sam. So yeah, I think they think that we will see how it works because it may be months before Dame is gone. There, I don't think there's a chance Damian Lillard plays another minute in a Blazer uniform, whether he's traded or not. I think that ship um, has probably sailed. You think? Yeah, you think I, there's I a think chance? so too. I don't uh, see him playing. I, I, after, not after all this. I, yeah. Yeah. No, I I I don't see that happening either. Um, I. Nor do I really think the front office wants that to happen. You know, if, no, I think if they're ready to. You're move thinking on. about this from a development standpoint, then yeah. If if you know Dame's not going to be on the team, you you probably just want to prioritize the young guys. And right. yeah, you you would want Damian Lillard to say, yeah, let's try it, let's make it work. But since he's said quite the opposite of that, I yeah. I don't think we're going to see it. But you know, maybe maybe I I I'll give it a one percent chance. One percent. A little glimmer. I'm gonna go with zero point three percent chance. <laughs> That's probably more accurate. <laughs> I'm going to say there's a report that came out that say Damian Lillard was held hostage and all this was a fabrication. And that's the only way that he suits up alongside uh, Scoot Henry. <laughs> this was all just a bad dream. Uh, uh, real quick, Sam, I want to talk about some other guys in Summer League because it's not just the, the Scoot and Shaden so show. Um, a guy who has really impressed me uh, is a guy who I really didn't know coming in, and it's Duop Reith, who's been the backup center, and he's looked really good in two games. Now, he's a, he's a guy who's been around. He's played overseas. He's 27 years old, played at LSU, uh, but he's a guy who looks pretty polished as a big man, and talk about he looks like he could be a legitimate backup NBA center. So I'm curious to see if the Blazers stick with him. We've also seen Ibu Baji. He, he clearly looks rusty because he hasn't played in almost a full year yeah. uh, with the injuries. But, you know, yeah. he's intriguing. He's a seven-footer. Um, and I'm excited to see kind of him. Hopefully we see him develop a little bit more of the next three games. And then uh, he's probably going to get some run 
over uh, over the course of the regular season because uh, we've talked about you don't really have any options at center. You've got right now Nurk and and that's it. And then these guys, uh, Duop Wraith is not on the actual roster. He may be by the time uh, the regular season starts, but as of right now, he's just yeah. a, a summer league guy. Uh, anybody else caught your eye? I know Michael DeVoe had a terrific game uh, coming out of nowhere, uh, stepping up for Scoot Henderson with 29 points. But anybody kind of caught your eye uh, yeah. in summer league? Yeah, not as much. It's I, I, I'm just What this made me very happy about is that we finally have a G League team and that if some of these guys flash potential, yeah, we can actually let them play on a G League team it's finally. It's a novel and, concept you know, it's that about time, the rest so. of the league has been doing for about 10 years. And the Blazers yeah, finally I, got around to. Now I think this G League team would be pretty busy because you know if if you're in a rebuilding phase, you want to, you know, cast as wide of a net as possible and and you know try to find as much young talent as you can. So yeah, good good timing in that regard. But yeah, no nobody who's really like blown me away who I, that I think is going to transfer to the next level. Um, because you know even like what you see from Shaden, you know that's not how he's going to play yeah. in an actual NBA game. So, yeah, and, I mean, I, I like the hustle from some guys. I, you know, guys you mentioned who are stepping up. Uh, it's been impressive. Yeah. I, I'm I, I'm just really not reading into it right now. I have a hard time reading into Summer League at well, all, you, to be and honest. That's, but, that's a smart approach. You really shouldn't. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, rarely does it actually I'm, translate. It does. Yeah, but it does make me more excited about Scoot because that's exactly what I wanted to see from the second he put on a Blazers uniform, and, and we saw it. So yeah, that's exciting for me. Interesting. I want to see more out of Chris Murray. He's kind of been a non-factor. Yeah, me too. Uh, not really getting too many shots. He's more, more so a factor in the first game, but only took two shots, only played 17 minutes in game two. He did, did go four of nine for 10 points in game one. I want to see him get more run because he's a guy who I think we're going to see a lot of this regular season. So I'd like to see him get yeah. more run, even more than a Shaden. Like, th- to me, the only part, the only point of playing Shaden in Summer League would be to get him reps with Scoot Henderson. And if Scoot's out, you might yeah, as well exactly. just not even play Shaden Sharp, right? Yeah, I agree. So we'll see three more games in Summer League, including tonight against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, this one is on NBA TV, so you might have a little bit creative. Might have to get a little creative in terms of trying to find that one. I know <laughs> not a lot of people have NBA TV, but if you want to check out the Blazers minus Scoot Henderson and the Hornets with Brandon Miller, that will be tonight. Orlando on Thursday, and then another game uh, coming up over the weekend to be determined. We will be back at it better than ever next week. Next Tuesday, that'll be our final show uh, before we take a little bit of a summer vacation because we don't want to be on Dame Trade Watch for the next two months. We're going we're gonna to try to protect our sanity and take a little time off and come back for training camp uh, towards the end of September. So don't miss that. That's coming up next week. We'll wrap a bow on Summer League. Talk about more off-court, on-court stuff now that we got all the off-court stuff out of the way this week, unless there's, of course, a, a big development in the Damian Lillard saga, which... Who knows? There might be. But that's coming up next Tuesday. But stick around because coming up next is Flying Saucer Safari right here on X-Ray FM.